May I ask you, are you a half full or half empty sort of person? Are you a pessimist or are you an optimist? Are you a type of person who likes to complain or are you a type of person who lives to give thanks? Is there something in your life to give thanks about or has there been something in your life to complain about? I sometimes see life like this one commercial I once saw. I'm sort of ad-libbing. There's a man driving down the street and he's rather upset because he's in a junky old car and he's wondering why he's not driving a new car. He's upset with his lot in life that he has to drive an old car with beat-up tires. It's not the fanciest-looking car on the road. And he goes around the corner. As he goes around the corner, there's a man on the bike. And he looks ahead to the junky old car and says, How much I wish I had a car. I'm sick and tired of pedaling around this bike wherever I have to go. I'm exposed to the weather. I have to pedal wherever I go on this bike. How much I wish I had a car that I could roll up the windows and put my foot on the gas pedal and go. And as the bike goes around the corner, there's a man walking. The man said, how much I wish I had a bike. I get to pedal instead of walking wherever I go. If I had a bike, I'd go like five times faster. Look at all the time that I'd save if I had a bike. And the man goes around the corner walking. And then there's a man in a wheelchair. And he saw the man walking around the corner. And the man in the wheelchair goes, how much I wish that I'd be able to walk. But instead, I'm in this wheelchair. I have to push myself wherever I go. How much I'd love it when I'd be, just like when I was younger in life, I'd get out of the wheelchair and could walk. As a man goes around the corner, he goes around the corner, it's a hospital. There's a man in the hospital room looking at the wheelchair going by, and the man said, how much I wish I could be out of here. It'd be nice, even if I had a wheelchair, to be out free and to go where I want and push myself in a wheelchair. And across the window is another part of the hospital, and there's a man in ICU. And he looks around, looks across the street to the man in the hospital goes, how much I wish I wouldn't have to be in ICU. I could be over there in the hospital and maybe in a week or two get to be able to go home. Do you see our perspective sometime on what we have and what we don't have, how it leads us to look at life? From the man in ICU to the man in the hospital to the wheelchair to the man walking, the man riding the bike, and the man in the car. Are you more of a complainer? Are you more of a person to give thanks? Who would you be in that scenario? You'd be driving a car, you'd be in a wheelchair. Who would you be? Let's talk about complaining. I look back on the internet what we Americans have complained about. So this is what we complain about, all right? We complain about slow Wi-Fi. You know what I'm talking about. We complain about lengthy drive-through lines. Have you been through Arby's lately? Man, especially a couple months ago. That really stinks going to, you know, at least I have to do is say, Chick-fil-A uh, has their act together. They'll come out and take your orders, like 30 cars in line. It doesn't take that long. Yeah, I don't like lengthy drive through lines. That's what we complain about. We Americans complain about 40-hour-a-week jobs. I don't like getting up going 9 to 5. We complain about that. This is what Americans complain about. We complain about the weather. I've been squawking about the humidity, but now it's a really nice day. But in another week, it's hot again. We'll begin complaining about that. We complain about the toilet seat being lifted up. <laughs> How many times did I tell you? Never mind, okay? As we complain about. We complain about flying. The tickets are expensive. We have to wait in line. We have to go through security. What else do we complain about? We complain about our Facebook status. I only got 32 likes. I put down what I had for supper last night. Not a whole lot of people like it. I need enough Facebook likes. Somebody else does. We complain about people complaining. I'm sick and tired of listening to that person complain. My parents camped for many decades, and at their campground, they had a hat, a ball cap that said King Crab. 
If somebody complained a lot, they take it out to them. Put it on King Crab, okay? You know, I've been complaining. You know what I've been complaining about? This also goes to show how, sometimes how vain I could be. I've been complaining about the Guardians. I can't stand the Guardians. I want the Indians back. Imagine that. Never mind. Let's not get into that. We complain about Mondays. I think I've been going to work. And people complain about also waking up. Ugh. And then we complain about all things, what? Type errors. There's about four or five that, to me, I didn't feel like writing down. But these are things that we Americans complain about, right? I want to give you something real and something solid to complain about. Maybe something to look at differently. Worldhunger.org said this. In 2016, over 850 million people on this planet suffered from undernourishment. That's almost three times the population of our country. People on our planet right now, undernourished. In 2011, 45% of all children's death were due to undernourishment. I'm not talking about children being sick. I'm talking about children dying due to undernourishment. 2018, 150 million children are what? Undernourished. See, we're concerned about the toilet seat. I'm concerned about the guardians. We're concerned about typo errors. What about people around the world? What are they concerned about? Yet the world produces enough food for all to eat. It's true. Right now, the world produces enough food that no one needs to go hungry. Um, there's a ministry in central Illinois called the Midwest Food Bank, and they deliver and distribute freely millions of tons of food each year, but they don't buy it. See, moon, uh, food manufacturers overproduce food. They don't know what they're going to sell. Matter of fact, uh, one time I was in there, had like 10,000 cans of beans that were not labeled properly, and we had to go and label them. Or they'd have odd flavor of chips, or they'd have extra oatmeal in a flavor nobody likes. And they distribute millions of tons of food around the world that are given to them freely. Want something to complain about? Complain about that. Let me continue. Food for the poor, they'll be here. Food for the poor is sort of a unique conglomeration of Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastors, Roman Catholic priests, United Church and Methodists, United Methodist Church pastors. I'm not sure how they got together, but they work together and they bring aid to the Caribbean. This is what Food for the Poor says. Lord willing, they'll be here later this year. Food for the Poor says, ready for this? Now, if you've been in my Bible class, you do not get to answer this. So if you've come to my Bible class, don't answer this. 50% of all people on this planet would prefer to live in your what? Live in your what? Garage. One of every two people on this planet would prefer to live in your and my garage. Why? Because the garage is more stable and more, uh, more weather-friendly. Imagine that 50% of the people would say, my life would be great if you just let me move in your garage. Now, many of us have to clean up first, but they would like to live in our garage. Even more grotesque, I sort of give it away, 25% of people in this world would prefer to eat your what? Your what? Garbage. It's more nutritious and there's more of it for them to eat. Imagine that. Imagine hanging out at the back of Red Lobster. That would be quite a feast for 25% of people in this world. Want something to complain about? Let's go one more step further. World refugee situation, according to the United uh, Nation Refugee Agency, and this came out about six weeks ago, June 18th of this year. There are 82.4 million refugees. You know what a refugee is? They had to flee from their home due to war or terrorism or famine or other natural disasters. They have no home to live in. They have to get out. They are refugees. 4.1 million are seeking asylum someplace else. They say we have no homeland. There's no home for us to go back to. We can't go back there. We'll get killed. 35 million refugees ready for this. 
are what? It's more heartbreaking. Their parents have to struggle to keep them alive. Even more heartbreaking, 3.9 million are from Venezuela. And here's the most heartbreaking of all. There's 1 million children who are born in refugee status. That means their mother has given birth to them as they are fleeing from their war-torn or terrorist-torn or homes that can no longer provide for them. Want something to complain about? This might be something to complain about, different than typos and Wi-Fis and guardians and toilet seats and those sorts of things. Complaining's nothing new. Jesus fed the 5,000. Now, the 5.30 service liked it. The 8 o'clock service didn't like this as well. But someone said, how do you know the Lutheran religion is correct? And I said, well, just look at the feeding of the 5,000. Why? Because how the disciples responded. 5,000 men, not including the women and children, about 15,000, Jesus was teaching them. And notice, they didn't have anything to eat. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And the disciples said, we only have five loaves and two fish. What do you want us to do? Okay, sounds like a Lutheran. Somebody else said, Lord, who's going to pay for this all? There's the evidence. Who's going to pay for us to feed all these people? Now you know they're Lutherans. And somebody else, Jesus said, you go and buy food for them. All right? And so Jesus says, I got this. So they brought up a little boy's happy meal. He had two fish and five loaves. And what did our Lord do? Look to heaven, thank God he blessed it. How many baskets left over? Even the disciples were complainers. Who's going to feed all these people? Send them home. How much is it going to cost? Always someone figuring out the price, right? They were complainers even though our Lord provided. The children of Israel, as they got out of Egypt, too were complainers. Complaining is the human condition. It's part of our sinful nature. We complain. Complain about typos and Facebook status and slow Wi-Fi and things like that. I'll read this to you. The whole community of them grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, now this is when they got out of Egypt as slaves, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there were pots of meat and all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. They are complaining, even though God with a mighty hand delivered them from their taskmasters and their slave drivers who whipped them and they were made, forced to make uh, bricks without what? Straw. They were complainers too. We too complain. I complain of our health, grief, have broken relationships, struggles with our church and our school, poor leadership, violence. That's our nature. We complain. We people of God too can complain. Friends in Christ, God has big shoulders. He can listen to our complaints. Take it to Him. He wants us to share with Him our complaints. God has real big shoulders. He is almighty, all-loving, all-present. You ever read the Psalms? There's 150 of them, most of them about people complaining. Lord, deliver me. Lord, save me. Lord, my life stinks. Lord, help me. The Psalms are really about God's people lamenting. And God has big ears he hears. So how do we deal with complaints and murmurs? Because that's something we all do. Well, first of all, can you read it with me? Say it. Is there a trouble anywhere? Is there a need or is there a burden? Do we have griefs? Take to the Lord in what? Prayer. Simply pray to God, help me out. I'm in a bad mood. Help me out, God. Take the Lord in prayer. Is there a trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Pray to God. Me too. What else do we do? 
You need to understand that complaints and murmuring are anger. Uh, complaints and murmuring are really often disguised as a cry for help. Do you know someone who does a lot of complaining and moaning and groaning, who needs to wear the king crab hat? Chances are, deep down inside, they're really hurting. Maybe say, I hear you're really upset all the time. You just seem to really, really discontent. What's going on? Maybe there's something deep down inside them that they haven't uh, let loose of, they need to share about. There's something really bothering them. I notice that you're never happy. What's going on with you? What's going on? Hear them. It's this guy's as a cry for help. Know that God sent Christ into the world to redeem and save the world in his present. God is here. He's come to save. Jesus Christ came to save. He's here. Somebody asks, where is God? Where is Jesus when my life hurts? And somebody says, he's all around me. Well, that's true. That's nice. But there's something better. Jesus is present in his word. When his word is spoke, Jesus is there. He's present in his sacrament. He is present today as Catherine was baptized into Christ's body. Jesus was present there. The Holy Spirit was present. The Father called her into his kingdom. Jesus is present in his sacrament, in his body and blood. He is present. Where is God at when life stinks? He's in his word. He's in his sacrament. He promises, please give up this thing that God's all around me. That doesn't do a whole lot of help. It might be somewhat comforting. He is present where he promises to be in his word. God is present through the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Peace, love, joy, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. He is present there. Peace, love, joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control. When life stinks, peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That is there. Friends in Christ, whenever I think about my life stinking, I go back to a couple places and my wife too reminds me of. I spent a week at St. Jude. One of my youth in my previous congregation had to have surgery there. Now, if you've ever been to St. Jude in Memphis, I'm not sure how many you have, but it's filled with a lot of bald-haired children, children who have no hair, and they're pulled around by plastic wagons. And any time, if you think your life stinks, let me take you down to St. Jude. And there you can see people from around the world, from all sorts of different backgrounds, pulling kids that look alike. They have no hair. They're being pulled around in plastic wagons. And the gift and miracle of St. Jude, that's all about raising up the numbers of kids who can recover from cancer and leukemia. If you think your life stinks, let me take there. If you think, when I think my life stinks, I sometimes need to remind myself and go into a nursing home and say, thank God I can still walk. Or I go to the ICU in the hospital, I often do, and say, I'm not lying there with a bunch of machines attached to me. Thank God for that help there. That's how God teaches me humility, peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. How do we deal with complaining and murmuring? God provides. He opens his hands in due season. That was part of the Psalms. God does provide. Do you know that not a sparrow falls from the sky without God knowing about it? My son is a zoologist. He's right now on an internship in a state park in Missouri. And God provides for even his wildlife. Do you know that snakes migrate? No, I'm serious. Hundreds of snakes will migrate hundreds of miles. They do. Matter of fact, they have to close roads in state parks to let the snakes migrate through the roads. Now, I don't really care there to be there to see it, but they do. Even God watches over the what? The snakes. He does provide. God does provide. Listen and care to and for each other. 
I heard this a few years ago. It stuck with me. We all need a good listening to more than we need a good what? Talking to. We all need someone to hear us out. God does care. See, God does provide. Can you read this with me? For Israel, the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight, you will eat meat. In the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. God does provide. He provides for them. I give you meat in the evening, in the morning miraculously be bread. It all points us to Jesus, the bread of life, who gives everything for us, including his life. Do you know that world hunger is decreasing around the world? Matter of fact, every single day that goes by, 130,000 less people live in poverty. Every day that goes by in this planet, 130,000 less people are living in poverty. They're moving up into a workable, livable wage. God does provide. Food for the Poor says this so far in 2021. They've given out, this is, this is Caribbean. They do their ministry in the Caribbean. 62 million meals. They built 846 homes and they sent 1,264 containers of food. Lord willing, they'll be here later. And world, the relief for refugees is now a global response. It used to be only maybe the United States and Great Britain, a couple other countries. Now countries around the world are responding. See, God does provide. Jesus is a bread of life who provides us for us physically and who died and rose for us and gives us eternal salvation. God supplies all our needs of body and soul, will guide us believers home through Jesus Christ, the bread of life, who satisfies us physically and spiritually, who died and rose that we might have eternal life. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? Sort of a closing prayer as well. Go ahead. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, You are called to peace and be thankful. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.